if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Hour number two back a little bit late here. Uh, 12 minutes after 10 o'clock. Went a little long with Congressman Jordan, but uh, I don't apologize for that. He is worth it. Uh, thanks for being with us on this Monday, the 18th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord 2020. We'll get to the phone calls here very shortly, but I want to get a few other things in for you. I mentioned to Congressman Jordan contact tracing, and that is extraordinarily important. Uh, and I want to talk about that. Contact tracing is nothing less than illegal search and seizure, violation of the Fourth Amendment, spying on American citizens. It is literally nothing less than that. This is the example that I was giving Congressman Jordan. In Washington State, and if you think this is only going to be in Washington State, again, open your eyes because everything that starts in one of these liberal places always spreads to the rest of the country. In Washington State, restaurants, according to Governor Jay Inslee, and this was last week, must adopt all of these policies before uh, dine-in services will be allowed to commence. Um, dining rooms in that state, like here, when they start up on Thursday, can open at 50% capacity with no more than five people at a table. But here are the other strict requirements. And this is the one that is, again, it's just all kind of Fourth Amendment problematic. According to the the, uh, Phase 2 playbook in Washington, restaurants must keep a daily log of all phone numbers, email addresses, and arrival times for everybody who comes in to eat. Diners are already used to giving restaurants some of those details just to make a reservation. You know, when you make a reservation, they ask for your name and your phone number so that, you know, they they don't get stuck without a table if somebody doesn't show up. But Washington's uh, new rules would require that all customers, all members of a party that might be at a, you know, at, the, at a table, must give all of their private information, phone numbers and email addresses and names, and again, what time they came in. It is not clear what they will do with that information, but considering the fact that they have promised strict contact tracing in the state, it's pretty obvious. They want to know what time you were there so that if later on, they find out, and remember, the incubation period of the Chinese coronavirus is anywhere from 2 to 14 days. So let's say 9 or 10 days later, somebody has Chinese coronavirus symptoms. 
I won't even say that they've been diagnosed and tested and tested positive for it, because that doesn't matter. If they are diagnosed with the symptoms, with or without a positive test, the contact tracers spring into action, and they track down everybody who was near them. And one of the ways they would do that is to go to the restaurant, and they will look and see all of the names of the people who were in the building at the time that this person was in the last 14 days, and then forcefully quarantine those individuals. Even if they are totally non-symptomatic, they're not sick, they're perfectly healthy, maybe they were at a table that was 25 feet away from the table of the newly symptomatic person. Doesn't matter. They will then dig into those person's lives and see who they have had contact with in the 14-day period. So that when, even though, quote-unquote, stay-at-home orders may have been lifted for the general public, they will find a way by degrees of separation, one degree of separation from a COVID patient or somebody symptomatic even without a COVID diagnosis, two degrees of separation, three degrees of separation, Lord only knows how far that will go. But they are literally hiring thousands of contact tracers to make sure that, so if you were in uh, an airplane, and somebody in that airplane was diagnosed with COVID later on, they're going to trace back to you, and they're going to say, you must quarantine for 14 days. You can't go to work for 14 days. Sorry if you lose your job. You cannot leave your, your, your pre- the premises uh, in which you live for 14 days because you were on the same airplane when somebody else got sick. Now, we're told by the lab coats in charge that six feet is all we need to do. Just clear six feet. Just keep six feet away from other people, and then you won't be able to get to, get the disease. But yet, all of the people in a restaurant, all of the people on an airplane, even if they're 15, 20 rows away, would be subject to the forced quarantines under the contact tracing guidelines that are being established. This is, this is insane. We're talking about taking away people's rights to move as they see fit. Forceful quarantine, and more importantly, or as importantly, I guess I could probably call them uh, you know, partners here, hand-in-hand, hand. Uh, just as importantly is the fact that you will have to submit to government officials hired, or at least individuals hired by the government officials, contact tracers, all of the details of your life, where you've been, when you were there, who you saw. And they'll look at your phones, they'll look at your uh, uh, emails, they'll look at whatever they have to to make sure that they get to everybody that you have seen. That cannot possibly be construed by anybody, anywhere, even liberals, as being constitutional. But that's what they're going to do. And in California, they promised to forcefully remove people from their home if they're supposed to be quarantining because of symptoms, and they don't have more than one bathroom. If you're quarantined, you have to have one bathroom, your own. You can't share it with anybody else or else it's not a true quarantine because you could pass it to various items in the bathroom and other people could get sick then too. So they're talking about forceful removal. So all of these things are just so antithetical to what the United States was built on. And they, and it's going to continue. And then and now let's bring it back home to Ohio. Let me throw this last part at you before I go to phone calls. I played for you Governor Mike DeWine yesterday. <clears throat> in which he said that we are prepared. This is when he was on CNN yesterday with Jake Tapper. And he said, we are prepared to do whatever we have to do to pull back on the liberties that he is as Daddy DeWine or technically as the assistant to uh, Governor Labcoat. Um, 
the liberties that they have granted us to go out and eat on eat and drink on patios now and then on Thursday we can go inside of restaurants. He said we are prepared to do whatever we have to do to pull back, to pull back those liberties. It's more than just pulling back those liberties. It's more than just perhaps reinstituting the stay at home and stay away from and, and you know, bars have to close again, that kind of thing. Bars might not just be forced to close, they could lose their license. He said this, not on Jake Tapper's CNN program, he said this with NBC4 in Columbus. He told uh, Colleen Marshall there that, yes, it's a risk to open things up. We have long-term ramifications for the economy, and it's not just jobs, he said. Those are very, very important, and it's also when you have a down economy like this, you also have some real medical challenges and health challenges. You see things like depression going up, domestic violence going up. There are all kinds of bad things that happen. And by the way, yes, these are the things that I and others have discussed with him, and he's finally actually reacting to those. But he did say, however, if the bars are not... Uh, following the safe uh, safety guidelines, the social distancing guidelines, they won't just be closed. They could be closed permanently through a revocation of their liquor license. He said this to NBC4 Colleen Marshall, quote, in regard to bars, we have a fairly effective tool that deals with a bar that does not want to follow what we have to do. And that's their liquor license. They will lose their liquor license. We don't, don't want to go around and be the social police. And that's not what anyone intends to do. End quote. He's not intending to do it, he says. And we don't want to do it. But on Jake Tapper yesterday, he said, we've already done it. I'm not making this up. The interview with Colleen Marshall was on Friday. He said, we don't want to send social police around. That's not what we intend to do. But then on Jake Tapper, just yesterday, he said to Jake Tapper, we had people there. We are social policing. And if people get too close to one another, then they're going to either A, issue a citation to the bar, B, threaten to close the bar down, or C, revoke their liquor license. This is tyranny, pure and simple. Telling people they can't clink their beers together, just as an example of getting within six feet of one another. Telling people that they can't actually socialize with somebody unless they're from across the distance of a table and a half. That's not freedom. That's not liberty. That's not getting our rights back. That's not reopening the state of Ohio. That is living in a state of fear and tyranny advanced by pseudoscience, junk science. Science unsupported by the facts. The facts that have been neglected by the walking lab coat, Dr. Amy Acton. And Mike DeWine continues to allow her to call the shots. All right, I got more, but I do want to shut up for a little while so that you can talk. Your call's next, AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-six. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Appreciate you being with us. Let's get to a few phone calls now, as promised. We're going to go to North Ridgeville first, and that's where Pete is on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Pete. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Wanted to let you know that last week I was having a conversation with my brother, whose nephew on his wife's side 
owns a bar restaurant in Cleveland, and he was explaining that the ruling they were given was that in the bar everybody needed to be sitting, but nobody could be standing. He then told me that he had a follow-up conversation with his best friend who owns a whole chain of these restaurants and bars in Florida and told him what his nephew reported, to which Bill said, gee, that's funny because in Florida it's exactly the opposite. Nobody can be sitting. Everybody's got to be standing. So <laughs> if this is all about the science, how do you come up with two such different different positions? Uh, you know, I said this in the first segment of the show. Thanks for the call, Pete. That's a great example. I said this in the first exa- first segment of the show. I would be happier, and not satisfied, but but a lot closer to it, if they would just admit the absurdity of it all. That they, they would just admit that they really don't know what they're doing. And I know they can't, but just say, look, we've never faced anything like this before, so we're all kind of guessing right now. And that's the reality of it. If you're not allowed to stand in one state, but you're not allowed to sit in the other, it's clear that the science doesn't mean anything. They're guessing. Did you see what the mayor of Los Angeles said? Did you see what the mayor said about opening the beaches in in, uh, in California, or in Los Angeles particularly? Eric Garcetti said that they'll allow people to go onto the beaches if they're if they're running and exercising, and I'm totally paraphrasing it now, I couldn't believe what I, what I heard, but they're going to allow them to, if they're running or working out or whatever, like in the surf or on the wet sand, that's okay on the wet sand. But if you just want to lay there in the dry sand, that's going to be forbidden. I wish I could, and I'll, I'll, you know what, I got a bottom of the hour, uh, Time out coming up here. I'll find that clip for you and let you hear it for yourself. But you've never heard anything so absurd in your life. Wet sand good, dry sand bad. Wet sand corona free, dry sand run for your lives <laughs> because the virus going to get you. Just admit that you don't know what you're doing and that you're guessing, and we'll probably be a little bit more understanding about your guesses. But when they try to tell us that this is scientific in 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 its uh, you know in in its um, foundation of the rules and the policies that they're making and they don't have any science at all that's when we get frustrated and angry tell us you're guessing and we'll say yeah i can see that it's kind of tough you've never done this before so you're you're making some decisions on the fly and you're guessing but we how many of us have had to do that i don't know about you but i'd be a lot more understanding if they would just say yeah we're screwing it up a little bit here but we've never done this before and we're trying our best to just kind of figure it out and guess as we go don't try to tell us it's scientific when it's not vince and westlake you're next hi vince go ahead hey bob thanks for taking my call I'll yes sir you. uh you posed the question before bob uh jim jordan came on you know what kind of countries this look like where we had towards <laughs> to me it's real simple nazi germany 1938 and more importantly the people that are imposing the stuff on us that makes us feel like we're in that. Have you noticed that they all have permanent jobs that are good paying jobs and that they're not going to go away because they're basically more often than not government jobs or some type of quote unquote necessary job. That's the first thing that, that uh, I, I scratch my head about. Uh, the second thing is, you know, there's just so many people that are going along with this. I was up at Crocker Saturday night as well too. And it's a shame to see some of my favorite places that are closed down permanently. Yeah. But you notice how many people are just going along with this and ostracizing you and me if we don't get with the program, if we don't fall in line, if we don't toe the corporate line, the company line, the state line, more importantly, 
that, you know, you've got to wear a mask, you've got to do this. And yet I keep scratching my head. I had the conversation with somebody and says, how, why was it, what was it, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Fauci and scores of other doctors were saying, you know, not only are masks not needed, they're probably, in some cases, could be counterproductive. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, a little bit more, like, a little like, bit more than four weeks. More, you know, closer to March uh, than April. But yes, they they did say that in like very said, late March. Too. They and, said that. Mm-hmm. And and I would I, I I said the same thing yesterday. I was having a conversation with one of my brothers. I said the same exact thing. Says, Good Lord, it's like they're just shooting darts in the dark. They don't know what the hell's going on. And if they just come out and say that, I'd have more respect for them. I said the same words. You know. It's it's uh it's crazy, man, and it's that we we better wake up as uh as a as a citizenry and, and start fighting yeah. back. That's all I got. You're 100 percent right, right my friend. Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Great stuff, Vince. We'll come right back with more calls after this. Ten thirty six. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I uh. This is the. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about. I'm so glad that the last caller, Vince, brought up the, or was it Vince, or maybe it was the previous caller, brought up Florida and um, and um, and Ohio. Uh, one one state's rules regarding the same type of bar restaurant says you can have people there as long as they are sitting and not standing. The presumption is if you're sitting, you'll be less likely to walk or mosey on over too close to other people. That's my presumption. Totally my guess, right? So sitting in the bar restaurant is fine. Standing is, is, is not allowed. The other state, same bar restaurant chain, according to my caller, said you can stand, but you cannot sit. Presumably, and again, this is just my 100% my guess, so that you can more easily move away from somebody who gets too close to you. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing. How can the same chain of establishments have two different sets of rules in two different states if there's science behind this and the answer of course is there is no science behind this no matter how much they want you to believe that there is there is no science here at all i mentioned eric garcetti the mayor of los angeles he like the uh, bumbling lab coat in columbus ohio and like uh, her assistant Mike DeWine, and like others across the country up in Michigan and in other insane places, uh, they want you to believe it is science-based. We've never been fully closed. We'll never be completely open until we have a cure. But I do believe that we can take steps, but monitor those numbers, listen to the scientists and the medical professionals, and make the tough calls even when there's criticism. The scientists and the medical professionals making the decisions are buffoons. Let me say that again. Buffoons. I'm not saying all doctors and all nurses are buffoons, obviously. I'm talking about the ones who are masquerading as doctors and nurses and who are playing political uh, games. Those who are political appointees like the lab coat, Acton. She's, she's no longer a physician. First of all, to me, she ceased being a physician the moment she decided to start promoting the murder of babies on a wide scale in the state of Ohio, which she has. But anyway... Um, she's a policymaker. She is a bureaucrat. She is not a doctor now. But she's a buffoon, as are so many of these others, listening to the scientists and the medical professionals who have been wrong at every turn. And we're supposed to trust them? So do we trust the medical professionals and their science? We're saying in some places you can only sit and not stand, in other places you can only stand and not sit. But the coronavirus is the same. 
Or do we listen to the elected officials like Garcetti, Eric Garcetti himself, the guy that you just heard say it, who, who said, listen to the medical professionals. This is what he has to say about the beaches. You know, the weirder it is. Watch, for example, as Garcetti explains, that anyone who goes to the beach must make certain not to touch dry sand. Wet sand is fine. Dry sand is now illegal. Beaches will open up this week for exercise and active recreation only in the wet sand, I guess is a good way of thinking about it, not hanging out and tanning in the dry sand. I, uh, I, I couldn't remember where I heard that. I, I'm glad I found it. It was on Tucker, obviously. But I want you to ponder that for a moment. That's about as obscene and abs- as absurd. I think it's both, really. It's obscene and it's absurd as the sitting versus standing thing, as the standing outside on the patio versus sliding toward the inside of the covered area to get out of the wind and the rain. The virus only lives on the outside or in the inside. It doesn't live on the outside. Be on the patios and it's all good. The virus only lives on the dry sand. Not on the wet sand. If you're on the wet sand, good. If you're on the dry sand laying on a towel or in a beach chair, minding your business, soaking in the sunlight and the UV rays that actually kill the coronavirus, you got to go. You either get over there on that wet sand, mister, or you get off of the beach entirely. You know how dangerous it is on that dry sand? Soaking in all of that sunshine. You know, the UV rays that actually have been proven to kill the virus. What is the matter with you? Just admit it. Garcetti, health directors, you don't know what you're talking about. You're making it up as you go and using your own little weird science or pseudoscience to establish more control. I hate using cliches, but I do rely on them from time to time. And one of the most overused cliches is that absolute power corrupts absolutely, but it applies in these instances. These people get so much power, it becomes addictive to them. Mike DeWine, I think, is a perfect example of it. He was the first governor to close down portions of his state, he said, for just 15 days. We've got to flatten the curve so that the hospitals don't get overrun. In 15 days, we'll be good. Then others started doing it, and he said, wow, they're copying me. I'm going to extend it another 30. We've still got to make sure that curve is flat. And then others started doing it, and I, the ego boost just starts to happen. The ego, just like a balloon, just... <laughs> And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, it's going to become so big that it pops. And eventually, he's going to realize that the destruction that he did to his his state's economy, all at the expense of his own ego and his own pseudoscience and his own belief in a liberal Democrat abortion-providing health director, all of that is going to cost him his political career. Right now, he's enjoying great poll numbers because they have sufficiently terrified the people of the state of Ohio of this disease, which this virus, which has a 99.95% survival rate. Let me say that again. 99.95% or 9, uh, 5% survival rate. 0.05% mortality rate. And he's got great poll numbers because people are terrified of that. But allow this to continue for a few more months. Make good on your promise 
Mike DeWine to pull everything back if bars don't properly socially distance, ground the population again? Watch and see how long that goodwill lasts among the Ohio voters. James is in Lorain County on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience, James. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. It's been a long time since I talked to you. Well, it's good to have you on. Go ahead, sir. Uh, James one nineteen from the Bible says, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I'd like to send that out to all your listeners. And, you know, a lot of this uh, sounds very, you know, very anxious. Um, I'm trying to adjust with it, and it's been, you know, laid off work for a couple months, and, and I just don't know how much more anybody, you know, what more they can take. Uh, what line of work you stock in, market's up today. Uh, the stock market's well, been climbing steadily. But since since all of the coronavirus stock you know dive happened, it's yeah. it's recovered over sixty percent of its losses since that time. So that's I'm a really good sign. It. Yeah, McDonald's is up. <laughs> yeah. uh, what line uh, of work you in, hey, James? Well, okay. If your contact, I, a little revision to the social distancing. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the uh, Democratic Socialist or Socialist Democrat. It sounds to me like it's democratic socialist distancing. And, and I, I can, can revise that to 60 feet would be good. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like that. Social distancing is socialist distance, distancing. Democratic that's the kind of, uh, socialist distancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah 60 no. feet. Please, hey, listen, James, I, listen, I'm... I'm James, listen. I'm glad. I'm glad you called, uh, and make sure you keep calling. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear that you are out of work and have been for a couple of months. Keep fighting the good fight and stay strong. We're going to get this stuff fixed uh, for you. Thanks for the call, my friend. We are. We we have to. We have to continue to fight. We have to fight Mike Dewine. We have to fight Amy Acton. And 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 don't listen to his lies when he says that we're opening 90 percent of Ohio's economy. He is lying to you. First of all, 30 to 40 percent of Ohio's restaurants that closed will never open again. So how can you say we're 90 percent reopened? Most of them, or a significant number of them, are never opening again. And those that are, are, are back at 50% capacity because you're only allowing 50% um, of, uh, of uh, volume coming back into the, into the restaurants of capacity. So you know, stop lying to the people. We know what's going on, and we will not stop beating Mike DeWine over, the, over his head, proverbially, of course, uh, not literally, um, and until he opens the state up fully for real. No restrictions. Let people be adults about this and decide how much risk they want to play with when it comes to working, shopping, um, opening businesses, et cetera, et cetera, against a virus that has a 99.95% survival rate. Sandy is in Cleveland next. Hi, Sandy. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. I am just, I share your, share your frustration. My anxiety level is so high. Um, but I did want to mention to you that um, Inslee in Washington did pull back on his restaurant rules Friday night, and he's not mandating taking people's name and um, contact information. It is now going to be a voluntary thing just for the head of household. 
Well, he had no so, choice. He had no choice, right, you know, because right. think about it. What would you do? Here's 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 I what would I would be, do I if would I was know. going to a yeah, if I was going to a restaurant saying, you know, that we must have your name, your phone number, and your email address, I would be telling them that my name is John Doe, and my phone number is one two three four five six seven eight nine zero, and that my email address is nunyadambusiness at yahoo.com. What are they going to do? Seriously, right? They're not going to, you know, you don't have to give you, nobody's going to give their accurate info when they know what's in store for them, when the government is going to be taking it. I want to let you know there is some hope when you uh, get blowback. When you've given us blowback, they are backing down a little bit. Well, you're right. You're right, Sandy. The first part of what you said is the most important part. It's because of the blowback, right? It's not like he had a. It's not like he had a sudden stroke of wisdom, uh, you know, come over him. It's not like uh, you know the light bulb went on. It's because people went crazy listening to this violation of our Fourth Amendment rights, uh, and 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 you know, essentially told him so. And so, same thing with Dewine. Why do you think? And thanks for the call, Sandy. I'll let you loose. Why do you think DeWine, who two, three Mondays ago, I guess it was, said that masks are going to be mandatory in all public areas, the next day said, um, yeah, we heard you. He literally said this. We heard you, and we heard many people say that that was a bit of a, uh, a bit of an overreach, so it's going to be strongly recommended but not mandated. Then he heard from the other side, the fear mask pushers, saying, what are you doing? you got to make it mandatory. Don't you know that this virus is going to kill 0.05% of us? And he said, okay, then we'll try to split the middle here, split the difference. We'll, uh, uh, we'll say that it's mandatory for employees, but it's voluntary and strongly encouraged for shoppers and for clients and for customers, etc. They do listen sometimes. And it's our voices that have to continue to get louder and louder and louder in order to get anything done. So I'm glad to hear you say that it affected Inslee in Washington, and we'll see what happens with the wine as we continue uh, to uh, to be heard. Let's go to Fairview. Joe, next. Hi, Joe. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. I just had a, a question on what's the real impact on the social distancing that we're doing. I'd like to see some uh, reporting of some real solid numbers or percentages. I mean, under from what I understand, under our current social distancing, we're supposed to stand six feet away from somebody to protect if they sneeze or cough. And, Bob, I can't remember the last time somebody sneezed or coughed on me. <laughs> and we've all been trained since tri- childhood. If you're going to sneeze or cough, you cover your mouth, or you turn away or down. So, I, like I said, I can't even remember when anybody sneezed on me. The other thing, too, is we've all practiced not touching each other. I mean, most of us go out of our way not to touch anyone, whether we're in the grocery store or whether, you know, we're in a workplace. In fact, in the workplace, as an employee, you could lose your job just from violating somebody's uh, personal space, you know, and, and when I go to the grocery store or anything, maybe other than a public event in a stadium where I'm going to be in the sunlight anyway, I I, I don't try. I try not to touch people unless I have their permission. So well, that that me. that last part that last part is where they would push back at you and say we're not talking about the inadvertent touching. We're talking about the intentional handshakes and the hugs and things. And that's where you're going to spread it to people, even if you're asymptomatic. So that's yeah, going to be their good. argument. But your first point, and I got to run here, Joe. Thanks for the call. Your first point is spot on. If somebody ever sneezed right on me or in my general direction, honestly, I would. I'm not going to say there's going to be a fight. But it's going to be like, what the hell's the matter with you, right? Nobody does that. 
when you have to sneeze or if you, if you feel coughs coming, you do. You turn away and down, and you either cough into your arm or, or at least toward the ground. You're not sneezing up at people. Nobody does that. So it's a great point. But essentially what they are doing is telling you that we don't trust you to do what human beings have done forever, which is be mannerly and respectful toward others. You don't cough in people's faces, and you don't sneeze in their general directions. You turn away because it's common decency. It's not something we need to be ordered to do at the peril of having our businesses shut down. Great phone call, Joe. I appreciate that. Right back after this. Dennis Prager, of course, spot on. In that last promo there. You know, the idea that the lab coat confers upon one immortal wisdom and uh, unchallengeable brilliance is just ridiculous. There are doctors who are fools. There are doctors who are arrogant, uh, 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 non-scientific believers. There are doctors who are essentially just humans who are failing and flawed, just like there are lawyers who are failing and who are flawed, just like there are talk show hosts, just like there are uh, shoe salesmen, just like there are in every other profession as well. Some people think that if you have the MD after your name and if you wear the white lab coat, that you are you know, uh, uh, beyond reproach. It is simply not true. Let's go to Parma, and that's Brian on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Brian, go ahead. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Okay, thanks for call- taking my call. I want to bring up another point that this whole this whole coronavirus thing with, with these orders being given out by these governors, how it puts the police in a re- into a really tough spot. Yeah. I heard I read a story about a young officer who was actually fired for not enforcing an order, and when they, they try to have these orders give them the force of law, then if, if they're unconstitutional, then the police are basically ordered to violate the Constitution, what that they're supposed to uphold. And if they enforce it, well, they're not only setting themselves up for lawsuits, they're also set themselves up to be to be, uh, to be be attacked. There was a Lexington, Mississippi officer who was actually shot while trying to enforce this social distancing order. It, uh, it happened recently. And now the politicians, they're not going to be the ones in the violence. They're not going to be the ones having the rocks thrown at them or being shot at. So that's something that really needs to be brought to their attention before they start trying to make you know the police their enforcement agents for age, their enforcement agents for something that's not not constitutional yeah, you are 100% correct. I, uh, a police officer today is in a lose-lose situation. There's no way to win. If you do enforce the law because you have been ordered to, or the orders because your chief or somebody has ordered you to, uh, then like you said, you open yourself up to liability and potentially attack. If you refuse to do it, then you could say, they, they could say you were being insubordinate to your superiors and you could be fired. So th- th- that's another reason why this, this cannot be allowed to stand. Uh, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Brian. They cannot allow these unconstitutional rules to stand. And then make for police officers uh, be the you know the deciding factors in, into whether they're not enforced, whether or not they're enforced. It's a great point. Diane in West Park, last call of the day. Diane, go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Thank you. Um, I heard James say, "Be slow to anger and uh, slow to speak." But hell no, it's too late for that. And we <laughs> we we've got to be angry. We've got to be. We we're entitled to be, and we've got to speak. And maybe those police officers who are having trouble keeping their jobs for non-enforcement, maybe they'll get active. Maybe they'll be, you know, maybe all these people will be a fighting force against all this tyranny. 
But you know what, Bob? I, the point I also wanted to make was I will never believe another number that's given to me. I haven't all along. The polls, the models, the data, the number of people who died um, of, from, by, for, within, without the Wuhan flu. And you know what? I will never believe that every single I, I don't believe them either, oh. Diane. I apologize for the oh. intrusion, but i got to stop here. I'm up against it. I don't believe the numbers either. As for cops, a police officer was fired for telling other officers to do what's right and follow the Constitution. So you know, what do you do? How do they marshal themselves when they're all in trouble? Thanks for the uh, great time today. We'll see you tomorrow.